This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon. On a kind of a weepy Friday afternoon. Not quite sure if it's going to rain some more or not. Baruch Hashem, we've had quite a lot this this week. And a very, very warm welcome, however, to all of you to our Friday show. I hope your Erev Shabbos is going wonderfully for you, Baruch Hashem. And you're getting ready for Shabbos and managing to stay in a sort of positive frame of mind and a good mood. At the same time, Erev Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Tzave. Seems funny, usually the Shabbos Parshas Tzave is Parshas Zohar. We're usually getting in a Purim mood, but of course we have the two others, so we're getting in a Purim cotton mood, which will happen this this week. But, uh, yeah, this week we actually get a little bit of a chance to speak about the, the Parsha, but just an idea, really not necessarily on, on the Parsha, but something that uh, came across this this week. When we talk about the concept of uh, of uh, of tshuva, so sometimes people think, oh, all you have to do is say, I'm sorry. Someone kind of confronts you for doing something wrong, and you say, oh, I'm sorry. That's that's enough, and can you just carry on, and maybe you will do it again, maybe you won't do it again. That's sometimes how people regard uh, uh, tshuva. But Chazal, we now tell us that real tshuva is coming Really, as Rambam says, coming to the same situation again as one had before, and this time not to making the mistake you made last time, but this time acting, acting uh, 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 correctly. I mean, the Gemara learns us a famous story. The Gemara tells us in Bob uh, Mitzia on Daf Behe Daf eighty five that one time uh, Rabbi was standing near the Shochta, standing near the place where they where they slaughter. Uh, animals and uh, one little animal, which seemingly knew what its uh, fate was was going to be, so ran to Rebbe, and 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 kind of sought refuge by hiding underneath his uh, his garments. So Rebbe said to the animal, "This is the purpose that you of your creation. This is why you exist, and you should not run away from it." So Chazal say that because. He was insensitive to the animal, even though his words were correct. So Gemara says he was he was punished with terrible kinds of uh, bodily suffering, bodily afflictions for the next thirteen years. Gemara says that one day uh, his maid was uh, were chase, was chasing after some uh, 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 mice that were in the corner of the house, and he said to her, "Whoa, have some rachmanis on them." Immediately, all his suffering that he had suffered for the last 13 years, uh, a sister went away. The reason being that he demonstrated that in the same situation which had occurred 13 years before, and he had done Hashem something wrong, now he had done complete, complete tshuva. So there's no question. <laughs> Obviously, that during the 13 years that Rebbe was uh, was suffering, so Rebbe had daven to Akadosh Baruch Hu to to remove the, the the suffering. But we see from the story that that, that was to no avail; it hadn't helped. Rebbe first had to be tested in the same scenario, the same situation which he was in previously, when he first did the avera, and when that happened, and his. Response was completely different, and and the avera was 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 not done. It was 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 corrected. So it was then that that was called a complete a tshuva a tshuva shlema, and his tefillas were then were then uh, answered. 
So, if that's so, how do we then understand the the tshuva of Am Yisrael from from the chet that we're going to read about in next week's pasha of of the Eglazov, of the of the uh, of the of the golden calf? Now we know the the Mishkan that we described in last week's pasha and and continue to describe in this in this uh, in this week's pasha is called Mishkan Ha'edus. The Mishkan of testimony. And the Mosh says it testifies that HaKadosh Baruch Hu forgave them for the chait by, by allowing his Shekhinah to dwell in the, uh, in the Mishkan. Is that, uh, is that, is that really, I mean, what tshuva was there? In, in what aspect, in what aspect do we find that Klai Yisrael came to the same situation of, of serving the Egel, but this time they rectified it. Why, why is this considered a, a real tshuva for what they for what they uh, had done the first time? So I saw Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky answers that first we have to understand what in fact the chait of the eagle was. Many of the Rishonim explain that this wasn't the case of chasasham of pure idol worship chasasham because then. Everyone would have been, would have been destroyed. But what happened was when Moshe didn't come down from Hasinai at what they thought was the, uh, the appointed time, what, uh, what they, what they expected to, to, uh, to their, to their calculations. So they were overcome of, of, of a fear of, of the future. How are they going to manage, how, how, they, how they're going to manage that Kodesh Baruch Hu is still going to uh, 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 dwell with them, still going to be in their presence as he promised when their leader, when their teacher, who was, was for them as, as, as the bridge between our Kodesh Baruch and Kleinsel is no longer alive. What's going to happen to us? Woe is to us. And this, this worry about the future forced them to, to pressure, uh, uh Aaron to build them some kind of a, a, a tangible entity to replace Moshe Abenu in order that they wouldn't lose their their connection. They didn't want to lose their bond with, with the Rabbanu Sobh. So in truth, the error of making Eglon come to Yaakov was that they were too worried of what the future holds for them and the possibility of losing their connection, of losing their relationship with, with the Rabbanu if we can explain that this is what the chait was, he says, we can now understand how they then went about uh, fixing up that that uh, that shortcoming and how the Mishkan uh, accomplished accomplished that. Because on the eleventh day of of Tishrei, the day after Yom Kippur, they were asked for donations to help construct a Mishkan. So we find that they weren't all concerned of losing their connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the future, but rather they placed their full trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How do we see that they that they did this? So this is, of course, demonstrated by the fact that everyone, there were massive, massive donations that came through, and, and, and it wasn't just stuff, it was it was all items of, of superior, superior quality. Uh, when they donated, and they donated graciously, and they donated generously, so and they gave all their finest materials. So, what exactly were they thinking? They were about to enter Eretz Yisrael and build the permanent Beis Hamikdash. 
Therefore, the one that they were physically donating to right now, the Mishkan, was only a temporary thing. Remember that the Chet of the Muraglim hadn't yet occurred. And as far as they're concerned, they were literally a few weeks away from being in Eretz Yisrael. Why would they want to spend everything that they possessed merely to buy a pretty uh, transitional and a temp- temporary uh, a building, you know, if that's going to cause them in a few months' time to perhaps be lacking what was necessary to lack all, all the amenities that they would have to donate uh, and, and, and the wealth that they would have to possess in order to be able to build a new solid and, and, and permanent and, and, and a prominent structure of, of, of glory for the Rabbani Shlomo. So the answer is that this is exactly what the tshuva was. That was this demonstration of a full commitment and devotion to the building of the very temporary Mishkan, they did a complete tshuva and a turnaround from the chet of the of the Egel, where we said that their chet was worrying about the future and their relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that drove them to build some kind of a, a, a physical uh, a facilitator between themselves and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it was Dafka, the building of this very, very temporal Mishkan, to which the the Yidden donated with such a such a a hundred percent devotion and dedication gave everything, right and 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 gave it all for the for the present glory and glorification of our Kaddish Baruch Hu's, of our Kaddish Baruch Hu's, uh, name and trusted that yeah if our Kaddish Baruch Hu would want them to give more Hashem would give them more wealth and uh, and then uh, they'd be able and all the materials are needed at whatever future time you know whatever was necessary for the building of the of the of the basement they would have that also therefore so it's the very building of the of the mishkan this mishkan haedus right to which no consideration was given of how they're going to build a basement afterwards in the future so that was in fact the testimony to the tshuva that Kaisal had done <coughs> for the for the Avera of the of the Eglazov. The truth is that Am Yisrael finished building the Mishkan. We know, so it was it was finished in Kislev. By Chanukatan, already they they built they finished building the Mishkan. Yet we're told that they didn't get permission to put it up until Rosh Chodesh Nisan, until the month of Nisan. So it was it was built miraculously, was completed miraculously in, in, in literally uh, less than three months, and now they had to wait another four months before they even got to uh, to you know if they get the, the, the they get permission they got the green light to sort of to put it to put it up. What's that all about? This this delay from Hakadosh Baruch Hu was another essential part of the tshuva, of, of fixing up, of rectifying the chait of the egel. Why? Chazal tell us that when noontime, when the sixth hour of the day arrived, which according to their cheshbon, according to their calculation, was the designated time that Maisha Benu should have come down from Hasinai, they immediately got busy in making this replacement for Maisha Benu. What happened to the virtue of patience, 
Sablonos, why, 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 why were they in such a hurry? Why not wait a few hours? And then, and then, Hakadosh Baruch Hu would, uh, yeah, would, they would find out what, uh, what happened. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu was, uh, was around. Maybe they should have waited a little while. Be sure. Perhaps there were some legitimate, uh, unforeseen circumstances why Moshe Rabbeinu hadn't, hadn't come down. So the truth is that the tikkun was, so, and, and they, the tikkun was that they needed to, to, to fix that up. They needed, they had, they hadn't waited, they were impatient, and therefore the tikkun for that was to wait a full three months before they put, and that was the tshuva samishka, that was the, the full tshuva for the height of, of, of the ega. We're gonna come back right now after a short break. This is 101.9, Chai FM, Soul to Soul, on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, we're back on your radio here in Johannesburg. Thank you so much for being with us. This week is Shabbos Kurdish Parshas Titzave, the important times you need to know. The beginning of Shabbos, according to the standard Johannesburg summertime, is quarter past six, which most rules regard as the beginning time for their, for their Shabbos services. The latest time for lighting Shabbos candles tonight will be at 6.32. 28 minutes before 7 o'clock. That's absolutely latest, but get them up early if you, certainly if you can. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 23 minutes past uh, 7. Ashkia is at 10 minutes to, to 7. Uh, uh, today, this, as I said, Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Tetzave, we read a Haftarah, which is about the building of the Mishkan. We don't that often get to read it, as I say, because it normally is Pashas Zohar, but uh, it's a, it's a quite a, uh, it's a Cheskel's vision for the, for the building of the third base of Mikdash and how that's going to, uh, how that's going to, to look. Just to, just to wrap up, just in one moment, uh, wrap up, we were speaking about before the, before the break. Uh, why it was necessary to wait until Davka Chodesh Nisan, until the birth of of uh, of uh, of Yitzchak. So quite interesting that uh, Chazal tells us in, in quite a deep uh, deep vein that the uh, the while they had to wait the entire 120 days until until build the Mishkan in the uh, in the month that Yitzchak Avinu was was born. Because the, uh, the Zayah, we discussed this once before, the Zayah tells us that, uh, uh, Yitzchak was born with a, a neshama of a, uh, of a, of a, of a female, whatever, what that, whatever that means, which means that it was impossible for him to be the father of, of a, of a child. 37 years later, so at the Akedi Yaakovinu, uh, sorry, uh, Yitzchak literally Left this world, he was nifter, his neshama left, and he had a, a neshama transplant, and it was replaced with a uh, with a uh, a male neshama, and thus he was able to to have a, to have a, a child, and of course, uh, and, and and thus was able to to uh, to build after after literally after tchiasamesim, so Yitzchak received a, a male neshama, and when then was able to to father. A child and fulfill the future destiny of, of the entire, of the entire Kleiser. Now, Avinu, who was unaware of, of Yitzchak's uh, inability to, in fact, uh, have, have a, a child, so, uh, you know, could have easily second-guessed 
Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and uh, refused to to proceed to the Akedah. And he would have had a little a legitimate argument and said, Hashem, you promised me that through Yitzhak is going to come the entire future of the Jewish nation, that the, everything is going to be built through through Yitzhak. And now you're telling me that uh, I must go and, and kill him. It doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Why should I wipe out the entire chance I have of, of being able to be the, the progenitor of the entire Jewish, Jewish nation? That would have been perhaps a valid argument. The reality is that it's, of course, exactly the opposite. Because had Avram Avinu not taken Yitzhak to the Akedah, so the previous Neshama would have, would have remained and Yitzhak would never have been able to to have a child, and it's specifically because of uh, of uh, of Avinu's kind of unflinching uh, emuna, right? Uh, so so uh, allowed him to 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 uh, brought him to the Akedah. So he allowed him to have a future and uh, and uh, and continue to 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 bring to fruition what Hakadosh Baruch Hu, what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted uh, wanted to to uh, to happen. So that's that's the uh, that that's the significance of of the Akeda of 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 Nissen because yes that was the day of the physical birth but it was it was uh, Avram Avinu who showed through his through his emuna and 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 uh, therefore the Mishkan which was built through Klaliyos. And not worrying about a saving their their physical resources for the future Mikdash and and being patient, right? They gave it their all and being patient till the time that they had to be constructed. That was in fact the the correct level of chuba and the full chuba that was necessary to to bring about the Ashras Hashkina in the in in the Mishkan and and the Tikkun for the chait of the of the Ega. We are busy discussing the erection of, uh, of an Erev on, uh, on Shabbos. We've discussed some of the basic things of what an Erev, what an Erev is, but, uh, we said that, uh, in order to transfer any kind of Rabim, a, a public area, or even a, a Carmelis area into a Rishusayachid by means of construction, of an area where we'd be allowed to carry in that uh, in that area. So we've spoken about the one condition, which is to completely surround the area with either a a fence or at least a a virtual fence, what we call the tzuras atesach, with the poles and the and the strings, etc. But one needs also to kind of transform all the people living in that in that area. We need to make them sort of partners. We need to make them into in, into one family so that they can share and, and all use the the area. And, and this is done by taking some food, usually some bread, which belongs to all those who live in that uh, in that uh, in that area. It doesn't even have to be bread from one of the uh, five uh, types of uh, of grain. Could even be it can even be uh, bread made out of uh, rice or something, or something like uh, like that. Uh, if there are uh, less than eighteen people in the uh, in the eruv, so it's even enough that there should be uh, there should be uh, it doesn't have to be that much. It can be just even the uh, one one dry one dry fig, and that's that's enough for one you know for each for each person that already is. Uh, 
is uh, is sufficient. If it's more than, as I know, it's for 18 people, you need 18, 18 dried figs amount of of food. Okay, we're going to come back in a few minutes. It's it's already time for our next our next break. Don't run away yet. This is Soul to Soul on 11.9 High FM. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 we're back on your radio talking about the Erev. So we're saying that the amount of food that needs to be put aside in order to make the Erev is enough food from which you could have two meals. From that, we said that if we're talking about a small group of people of 18 people, of so then it would be approximately uh, 18, uh, the amount of 18 dried uh, dried figs. If there's more than... 18, 18 people, even if there's a huge, even there are a thousand people, so Allah says that it's enough to have still bread that would be sufficient for two people, and that makes them all into partners, that makes them all into one, into one uh, uh, group. So of course there's a, a, a discussion amongst all the different uh, halachic authorities how much is considered to be enough food for for two two meals. So, Lemaisa, uh, the the uh, the Shulchan Aruch uh, uh, paskins that uh, one needs that lechatchila one should make an erev of uh, a, a volume of eight eggs, which is approximately sort of uh, 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 four hundred, uh, you know. Uh, Grams of food, and and bidiyeved that uh, it it would be enough to have the volume of of six eggs, which is approximately three hundred. Uh, and this is called eruv. Why is it called the eruv? Because through this, all of them gets lesson eruv lesson to to mix together to 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 connect that they all become mixed together as one as one uh, entity, and therefore that the whole area. That is surrounded by this fence or surrounded by this by this virtual fence becomes now one private private property, and since the food of the Arab belongs to every single one of them, all the people in the city or neighbor wherever it, it might be, so therefore any one of them uh, uh, belongs to all of them so anyone could eat it if they if they wanted to and when and when they wanted to now. If the Eruv did get eaten by someone on, on Shabbos, it wouldn't make a difference since at least when Shabbos started during Benesh Mashot, during the twilight of Friday evening on the transition from Friday to Shabbos, if the Eruv uh, existed at that, uh, at that time, so that already, that moment, Joined them together. That moment made them all one, one big happy family, one big happy group, and you'd still be allowed to carry on carrying for that entire for that entire Shabbos. The Erev would still be would still be in in effect. Obviously, before the uh, the next Shabbos, you would then need to put up a a new Erev in order that all of them could then be included included uh, uh, in it. Right, as as one big uh, as as uh, as one big group. If if let's say you're in uh, in a camp or some place where there is any kind of joint 
eating place with a sort of a communal uh, a dining room where everyone uh, eats eats together. So then it, it would be sufficient to just put uh, either a fence or or a virtual fence at Tzorosah Pesach around the whole uh, area of the of the camp, wherever the Shabbaton is, and you don't need to specially put food uh, that all of them are going to join together and eat because anyway the all the food in the in the in the kitchen that's being prepared for for the Shabbos so that already they're all going to eat it together that already com- uh, uh, creates the kind of uh, partnership the kind of general coming together that that makes the air of that makes the air of uh, uh, work how do we do the air of so so the general custom is that we use matzahs they uh, they last a bit uh, they last a bit longer uh yeah we can keep it for for quite a long quite a long long time and uh as long as that matzah is still edible so we can still use it as uh, as the means of making of making the the arab and we don't need then to replace it with a with a new with a new uh, arab but the truth is that the, the minig is that every year on uh, on Arab Pesach, the minig is to put a new to put a new uh, a new Erev, and again to to make a a new a new bracha and to again repeat the the text the the nusach that we usually say when making such uh, an Erev, and and that then works for the next uh, for the next uh, for the next year. And many many communities that honor is given to the uh, to the rov. To, to make the era for, for, uh, everybody. And you won't find that effect in the, in the halachas form as part of the process that needs to be done on, uh, on our Pesach. Perhaps we'll deal with a little bit more detail of how that, uh, how that happens in, in the next, uh, in the next year. But, uh, the clock is saying that we need to make room so that we can carry on with uh, the news and then the musical interlude that will bring us up to, uh, up to Shabbos and uh, all that remains for me is to again thank all of our radio family for being with us for being part of the, the show today it's always wonderful having you on board and I hope somehow we manage to enrich a little bit your Erev Shabbos Kurdish as you go back your busy busy preparations and just left to wish you all a beautiful Shabbos a Shabbos together with the family a Shabbos of introspection a Shabbos of growth Shabbos of preparing yourself for the challenges and and the events of the coming week and a Shabbos to be unified with yourself with your family and with the Rebunshlan thank you for listening and a good Shabbos to all